Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 1, titled Transilience Thought Unifier Model 11. Alright, we're here. We made it. Beginning of the end. Uh, the first episode of the final season, uh, of a shorter final season. Usually it's 20, 22 episodes. This is 13 episodes. Given the story that this season tells, that was probably the best decision they could have made. And boy, does it start out good. Boy, does it start out in a really spectacular way. I love this episode. It so perfectly, like, brings us back into this dystopian future that we saw in that one backdoor pilot episode of season four. Uh, Brings us back into this future. Sets up this endgame arc. Uh, and does it, like, so spectacularly well, uh, and with such emotional resonance, and I just love it so freaking much. It's an excellent start to an excellent season. Uh, we'll get into the substantive layers of this in a couple minutes, but before that, uh, we will start off, because, of course, like, we're in this dystopian future, and we're still sort of getting our footing, we have to get into things that are different. The real dystopia is I have to keep doing that intro. (laughs) That's the real apocalyptic hellscape, is that intro. Okay, so starting from a character perspective, uh, we find out more about those months between when the Observers invaded and when Fringe Division got ambered. Uh, we don't find out everything, but we find out a sp- significant portion character-wise. Uh, we find out that Peter and Olivia got separated from Edda literally while the Observers invaded. Like, literally, at the moment of the invasion, they figured this out. Or, this happened, rather. And those months after the invasion and before the Ambering were complete and utter agony. For Peter and Olivia, as you would expect. I mean, like, these are two people who literally lost their child in the middle of this chaotic invasion, this chaotic occupation. And they had to balance saving the world, or trying to save the world, with trying to find their child. And... Uh, This ended up driving a wedge between Olivia and Peter in their relationship. Olivia consumed herself with saving the world. Peter refused to leave Boston and uh, focused on uh, trying to find Etta, trying to track down Etta. And, like, these months after that moment was just hell. And what's so great about this episode... Okay, I know this isn't uh the part of the episode to talk substance, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this for a second. Like 
What's so great about this episode is they don't show you those months of agony where Peter and Olivia were separated from their daughter and didn't even know uh, if she was alive or dead. They never show it. You don't really see that time period. But God, do you feel it. God, do you feel the crushing weight of it. Like, you really feel the unbearable weight of that those months of agony. You really feel the sadness and despair that came with those months of Peter and Olivia being separated from their child and not knowing if she was alive or dead. Like, you really feel, like, just the utter depression and terror that they had to endure. Uh, and part of that is due to the exquisite writing. Part of that is due to Anna Torv and Joshua Jackson's excellent performances. Uh, but it, it creates, like, a great, emotionally satisfying finished product in this episode... Uh, where, like, pretty much every scene with uh, the Bishop Dunham's whatever being re- being reunited, like, pretty much every scene with that family coming back together is just magnificent. Pretty much every single scene with Etta, Olivia, and Peter is a thing of beauty. It, it really, really is. Especially that scene when Olivia gets freed from the Amber and sees adult Etta for the first time. And, like, it's just... Oh, it's magnificent. It's just so utterly magnificent. That scene on the bridge, like, just all of it. All of it is amazing and really, really hits hard. Anyway, um, egg sticks. Eggs are sticks now. And apparently they're awful. So that's a thing. Uh, also, so apparently the observers have started building these machines, these giant machines, one of them in Central Park, that are just pumping carbon monoxide into the air. Uh, Apparently, the atmosphere of uh, the 21st century, apparently that that air is too oxygen-rich for them, and so they have to sully it with carbon monoxide. And they got one on every continent. In a few years, uh, the damage they have done will become permanent. And it will lower the lifespan of all non-observers to about 45. So there's that. Also, there is a group called Amber Gypsies that... Cut people out of amber and sell them on the black market. I'm going to be honest. That's a questionable name uh, for a couple different reasons, but it's not a big deal. Uh, Pick your battles. I'll just say that. But that is a thing. That is part of the 2036 universe, and it's an interesting idea. Uh, and that is it for this installment of Things That Are Different. Uh, so, okay. This episode picks up about where the backdoor pilot left off. And we are A, trying to look for Olivia, and B, trying to 
follow through on this plan to defeat the Observers. Uh, apparently, September and Walter worked out this plan together, and then September fragmented the pieces in his mind until it was time to implement the plan. Until all the pieces were ready to be implemented. And basically, Olivia had to get something that would put all the pieces in Walter's mind back together. And then she disappeared in the midst of getting that, and we don't know where she is. So, we're starting this episode off searching for Olivia. We find the building in which she ambered herself, and we find the cutouts, and uh, we track down the Amber Gypsies. Again, questionable name. Uh, (laughs) And we go there, we find out she was sold... To Markham. We then get the single best scene that Markham has ever been a part of. (laughs) I love this moment where they visit Markham. He's using like Olivia's ambered body as a coffee table. And is also like just yelling out how he always loved her since the moment she first walked into his bookstore. And had this entire plan to figure out how to remove her from the amber. And then, like, he'd free her. And then she would see him and see that she loved, see that he loves her and then fall in love with him. Like, it's so creepy. It's just so creepy. And I don't know why, but this scene is just so funny to me. It's so pathetic. On Markham's part. It's... It's rough, man. It's rough. Uh, but... When... They get Olivia... And they're taking her out of the building... Uh, the Amber Gypsies... Turned them in... Pointed the observers in the direction of... Peter and Walter and everyone else... Uh, observers show up and attack. Uh, they get into this big chase moment, and everyone's able to escape except for Walter, who is then captured. Uh, so we free Olivia, get this amazing sequence of all the Bishop Dunham's getting reunited, and it's, I cannot stress enough, absolutely beautiful. Uh, but Walter at the same time, is being interrogated by Captain Winmark. This interrogation sequence, or these interrogation scenes, I should say, because they're broken up, are perfection. They are phenomenal, and I love them so much. Like, every single one... Winmark, in this moment, really establishes himself as a terrifying villain. He really, really does. Like, the way he's just brutalizing Walter with little more than, like, a glance. And just, like, trying to read his mind, trying to put the pieces that September fragmented in his mind together. And Walter's resisting and just, like, convulsing and his eyes are getting bloodshot and he's bleeding out of his nose. And you can just see him, like, sort of 
disintegrate almost. You can see him just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse as he's trying to resist this. And Windmark's just not letting up. He just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. He has this whole monologue about how if I had a thought unifier, I could bring the pieces back together. But it would take weeks. And I don't want, I basically don't want to spend that time, essentially. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. Uh, So I'm just going to go for the route that is faster for me and much more painful for you. And it's just like, oh, it's, all those scenes are spectacular. All those scenes are amazing. Uh, By the way, uh, so, Edda brings Fringe Division to Resistance Headquarters. They meet Anil, who I love. That dude is great. He is a really cool guy. Uh, but she brings them to him. Uh, he identifies this piece of tech that Olivia got as a Transilience Thought Unifier Model 11. Hey, that's the name of the episode. And basically, it's meant to put thoughts back together that have been fragmented. But this one's a dud. We find out later that it's a dud because it's specifically coded to Walter. It can only work on Walter. So, we find Walter. We see him on security footage and track him down to this one facility. And we hatch this whole plan to rescue him. uh, Using this tech that makes the body appear dead. And this is actually a really amazing moment where they decide to use this tech. Because apparently, they can only use it once. Once the observers know they have it, they'll know to check for it, and it'll be useless to them. So, they can only use it once. And there's, like, some... Some clashing over whether or not this is the time. There's some clashing over whether or not this is the time to use that. Uh, do we use it to kill a bunch of observers, or do we, do we use it to save one man? And eventually, we decided to use it to save Walter, because Walter's plan is to literally save the world. So, we get this amazing sequence of them infiltrating this observer base. Uh, we get this great interaction between Etta and a loyalist. And we, like, have Peter getting smuggled in to... The base. In order to be revived. Uh, All of this is like really well done. Very clever. uh, Really tense. They revive Peter. Take out a loyalist. uh, Bring Olivia into the base. uh, They take out a machine for turning the air into carbon monoxide. uh, Pumping carbon monoxide in the air. They take out one of those machines. Uh, cause a big distraction, go in, rescue Walter, who is in very, very bad shape, and then they get him into a van, and they drive off. Now, there's a couple of drawbacks to what has just happened here. One, Captain Winmark is finally able to identify Etta as a double agent for the Resistance. So, Edda's Fringe Division deal is... That's dead. That that cover is completely gone, and she can no longer use that. Two. 
Turns out, when uh, Captain Winmark tried to get those pieces from Walter, and Walter resisted so much... Eh, those pieces got destroyed. The resistance itself destroyed those pieces of the plan, so the thought unifier is useless because there's no more thoughts to unify. It wrecked his brain, and he does not remember the plan anymore. He does not remember the components of the plan, and he can't use the thought unifier to get that back. So, whatever plan to defeat the observers there was, it is totally gone now. But hey, at least Walter finds some music. (laughs) At least Walter finds like a CD graveyard and is able to play some music. Which is admittedly a nice scene, but like, it's kind of weird for the end of this episode to be, we're all screwed, but Walter found some music. That's definitely going to be the description of this episode. We're all screwed, but Walter found some music. (laughs) That's going to be it. Uh, But yeah, that's episode one of 13. We still have 12 episodes left, and... Oh boy. (laughs) There is some stuff that happens in these 12 episodes, and it is pretty great. I will just say that. Uh, anyway, if you like this, favorite podcast, Anchor.fm slash TV Archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push my button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468. And support the show, Patreon.com slash ThomasClark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 2. Talk to you then.